Welcome everybody, Shia number 876. We're learning today Le'ilin Nishmas Moshe Doiv Ben Rebar and Zizel. Le'ilin Nishmas Blima Basra Moshe and Le'ifu Shalema Le'o Ben Dina Malka. Shtakav Le'ifu Shalema B'soich Sh'archoi Le'Yisrael. Getting back to a malacha of Soyser destroying. Okay, we're moving towards the end. We're trying to get towards the malacha of Maka Bepatish, items which were, were, are sometimes usher, um, else because of the fact one action is done to complete them. Okay, we'll talk about that when we get to it. I just want to finish off. We've been talking about the Indian of Mavata um, Klimei We said, just to real quickly review, that there's a Isser of uh, Midrabonon. According to many places, came under the guidelines of Soyser destroying, whereby you take a utensil, a container, a bowl, or whatever it is, a plate um, that's usable, and now you make it not usable. Not by breaking it, by smashing it, obviously you make it not usable. That's also Soyser. But we make it, we do an action with that plate. We put something inside that's Muxa, we do an action with that plate, whereby it's not usable for a certain amount of time on Shabbos itself. Um, so just to go through a few more ins and outs in reference to that is we spoke about putting it where there's a lamp where there's oil dripping we said where there's dirty water dripping what that's not usable and so on these type of things uh, making putting a container a bowl a plate over there um, is not allowed because you're you're making this item not usable but the Sefer Lamates Malachas um, on page 1105 Tak explains that he brings it down from the, from the, the Shulchan Aruch Semen Shin Yud um, and also what we were talking about is the Shin Lamed Ches. Again, it's, 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 this is a little bit part of Muksa because, uh, but we're not, we're not getting into the Halachas of Muksa, even though it's part of the Inyanim of, of, of Muksa. But uh, since it has to do a lot with Soyser destroying, so we're going a little bit into it. So we're not going to get too much into it, but he brings down like the mice like this, that it should be noted, he says, um, however, that nullifying a vessel by means of muksa, again, doing an act of mavato klimechine, with these various different things we've been talking about, making a kli, a, a utensil, a bowl, a plate, or whatever, not usable, whereby it was usable on Shabbos. And again, we want to stress that we're talking about on Shabbos itself. Putting the bowl under the leak or whatever on Shabbos, before Shabbos is no problem. That could be could become muksa, yeah, but but you're not doing any destruction to the kli itself. But we're talking about on Shabbos, so that's what he said. There should be known that nullifying nullifying the vessel by means of muksa can only be achieved with items that are most uh, that are the most severe form of muksa. Okay, what do we mean? Items that one is forbidden to move for any purpose at all. Okay, for the various different uh, uh, categories of muksa, which we're not going to get into right now, um, but he brings down such as, like we said, a lamp oil, uh, refuse, re- refuse, uh, dirty water, soil, debris, these various different type of things. These type of muksas are not usable at all. Um, and again, we're not going to get into when they could be moved, when not, but in general, they're not usable items. However, he does say muksa items whose restrictions are less severe. Okay, for example, a klisha malachta le'iser. Well, we'll see some examples. Uh, muksa items whose restrictions are less severe and that may be moved or handled for permissible purposes. The items themselves, like a pencil, is allowed. You know, a pencil's muksa, a pen is muksa, alts klisha malachta le'iser, right? So one is not allowed to move it on Shabbos, but if somebody needs a place, then you are allowed to move it on Shabbos. Okay. But so there are certain times when they're allowed to be moved. Again, getting into the halachas of muksa, which we're not getting into right now, but just to go finish it off, they do not qualify as as a vessel when depositing it on, uh, on again. However, muksa items whose restrictions are less severe than that, which may be th- that may be moved or handled, like we said, for permissible purposes, do not nullify a vessel when deposited 
on it. In other words, that that so just to give an example, when you're putting these items into the vessel, it doesn't the vessel, the container, the plate, the bowl doesn't take on the issue of mevatal kli mehechinai. We don't say that it has the issue of. You're not making a usable vessel not usable. That doesn't exist because the muksa itself could be moved under certain circumstances. So he gives an example, that which we just said, a pen, pencil, or hammer, for example. These items may be handled when needed for a permissible use. Again, these are items of klisha malach de iser, and there are certain times that they are allowed to be moved. Obviously, we're going to learn all about it in the halachas of muksa. So therefore, when these things are put into a container, bowl, plate, or the like, the iser of mevatl and klima destroying, um, making the, the, the uh, thing that's holding the hammer, holding the pencil, holding the pen, does not, uh, does not become halachically a iser per se, and that Isser is not taken on. So that's what he says. These milder forms, these milder forms of muksa do not nullify the vessel in its role as bosses. They don't become a bosses. They don't become foundation for these muksa items because a bosses is subject only to the restrictions of the muksa items resting upon it. In other words, the, the, the container itself takes on the halacha of what's in it, which is the pen, which is the hammer, which is the pencil, whereby sometimes certain instances they could be moved for various different reasons. Okay, so since the muksa item upon, like this pen, pencil, hammer, since the muksa item upon the vessel may be moved sometimes for certain reasons, the vessel may be moved as well. The vessel is therefore, the container, the bowl, the plate is therefore not nullified since its movement is merely restricted and not forbidden. In other words, there will be times, <laughs> as long as that pen, pencil, hammer is in there, there will be times that you can move the bowl, move the container, even on Shabbos. So therefore, it's not an action of mevatlin kli mehechina, whereby you have the issue of making the utensil not usable. Now, another thing he brings down, which is, again, part of, part of the halachas of muksa, um, so we're not going to get too much into it, but just to mention it, it's also, uh, it also one has to keep in mind that nullifying a vessel, in other words, the issue of mevatl and klimechine with muksa is only possible where the principle of bosses applies. In other words, where the principle of the foundation of this container is actually halachically in effect. The principle of bosses only applies when the muksa item is the only or most important object in the container. In other words, if you have in the container items that are allowed to be moved and items that are not allowed to be moved, and and the items that are allowed to be moved are more uh, are worth more, so then the whole thing doesn't become a bosses, doesn't become a halachic foundation whereby it can't be moved at all, and there's no problem. Again, those halachas are part of muksa, we're not getting into now, but we have to explain it. Therefore, he says, if one places an important non-muksa object, a non-muksa important object into the container together with the muksa items, the container does not become a muksa because of the fact that you're allowed to move the container under the guidelines and um, halachas of bosses in muksa. So just to go through real quickly, go through one or two examples real quickly and finishing off with this, one may place a fork or a knife into a bowl that will be used to catch the oil. That's what he says, putting a fork or a knife into the bowl that will be used to catch the oil. Again, we're putting that thing, you want to catch the oil, now you're putting a fork or a knife inside. The presence of the utensil, the, pre- the presence of the utensil, the fork or a knife, in the bowl serves to cla- serve to classify the bowl as a buses for a permissible item, which is the fork, as well as the oil. And the fork, I mean, we're assuming that the fork is worth more than the oil. 
Okay, again, so that goes in conjunction with the halachas of buses, uh, definitely dirty water, as some dirty oil, this is not going to be worth too much. Um, it's not going to be worth anything, basically, and the, um, you know, fork, knife, or whatever that's put in there is definitely worth more, and that would be allowed to be moved. So it brings down the Seif Lam Tesmalachas. It, it's really, he brings it down from the Mishabur over there uh, when we spoke about the oil, what to, one of the eight tatoifas, how to get around it. So Lemaisi brings that down, also does the Seif Lam Tesmalachas, the same thing, also... Um, one who wishes, again, one has a leak and they want to put a bowl there, they want to put a plate, a bowl, a container, whatever, to catch the, the thing, and it's a question of the water is very dirty, it's not usable, that, that's what he says. One who wishes to catch dirty water from a leak um, may use a basin to catch the water by first inserting a usable item, for example, a utensil, a fork, a knife, or whatever, um, or something else, and obviously you'll wash it off after Shabbos or whatever, but they're going to use uh, inserting a usable item into the basin. The basin is thus not a buses, ex- buses, buses exclusively for the soiled water, but it's a buses for, it becomes a foundation for both, and thereby there's no issue of mevatlan klimei chinoi. Okay, we'll stop here for now. Thank you for listening. Aslochem, bracha kol